Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. All right. Now I'm going to say something nice about the Mets. Ugh, it's like poison in my mouth. But anyway, as a Yankees fan, Mets are public enemy number two. Number one is the Red Sox. Um, didn't used to be that way, by the way. Harry Douglas, when I was a kid, I basically grew up in the bleachers of Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Both my parents from the Bronx. I was born in the Bronx. Yankees fans since way back. And in the bleachers in Yankee Stadium, there was a chant, which I cannot repeat especially on a Disney-owned family <laughs> show. But in the end of the chant, at the end, everyone mm-hmm. in the bleachers would say, I, I, I will substitute the word with stink, okay? Just to clean it up even a little more. But at the end of this vile chant about how bad the other team was, everyone in the bleachers would chant, Mets stink, Boston stinks. And then you would say the team you were playing against stinks. And then you would say the right fielder for that team because you're in the bleachers stinks. And then you would say box seat stink, but you wouldn't say stink. And then you would say <laughs> that side of the bleachers stinks. And then you would do a 360 point to everyone and say you all stink, right? Like that was the end of the chant. But notice who came first before even the Red Sox, the Mets. The Mets were public enemy number one for Yankees fans when I was a kid. And that was because... They had the better team in the mid '80s. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I was in like late elementary or junior high school, they had the better team. They had more homegrown products. They had more pitching, a lot more pitching, and they had, they flipped New York for a while. New York was a Mets town for a while in the mid '80s. Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Good, Dwight Gooden, when he was 19 years old, was almost as good as anyone who ever lived, and when he was 20 years old had as good a season as anyone has ever had when he was 20, when guys are still in double-A, single-A. He was insane. Can you imagine living in New York City and having that success like that in the 80s, though? Well, that's why he couldn't, you, like, know, like, you know. He wound up strung out, and that was the end of but, but he did, but he was unbelievable. Anyway, Mets flipped the town. The Mets are now owned by a multi-multi-multi-billionaire who's not afraid to spend money. They have a couple of all-time aces at the front of their rotation. They have an incredible closer. They can play some defense up the middle. They can score some runs. The Yankees are the best team in New York baseball. The Yankees are the best team in baseball, period, right now. And they're the greatest franchise of all time, by far. But at this moment, if you said, Harry, if you said, are the Mets legit as World Series Threats, yeah, they're kind of built like a World Series winner. Uh, I'm not happy about that, but that's the truth. You want to know what's crazy about that, though, when you say it? If you would have asked me this a week and a half or two ago, I probably would have said, no, I don't know, still to be determined. Um, But what I've seen from the Mets of late, especially going to that game the other night and then watching them last night against the Yankees, 
They added two guys for the agency last year in Escobar and Marte, who played vital roles in them winning both of those games. You look at Mad Max, Max Scherzer, who on his birthday put, a unbel- put up an unbelievable performance. As he it's has a different d- color eyes. It gives him superpowers. <laughs> as he has done his entire career, having a .82 ERA, 41 strikeouts on his birthday when he pitches. But if they can get... If they can get Max, who's the oh. one person that they can get going? DeGrom. If they can if get they, Jacob DeGrom oh. going. As good as Scherzer is, let me just be very clear. DeGrom's just better. DeGrom, when he is healthy, is inning for inning, one of the best starting pitchers who ever lived, and is easily the best starting pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. And with Scherzer, who's a first ballot slam dunk Hall of Famer, Correct. who's still pitching at Cy Young levels, if sure, if you say that about another guy on the same staff with Scherzer, imagine how good that dude is. Like Degrom and Scherzer are just an impossible one too. And then with Diaz in the bullpen, that look, the, look I love my. But I like Yankees. I like Lugo too, though. I I me too. I love my Yankees. Yankees can win the whole thing this year easily. Could happen. Uh, Garrett Cole is a legitimate ace. Severino, when he's healthy, as a deuce, is crazy. It's an embarrassment of riches. Cortez they got has a been whole, good. They got a whole bunch of of mid and mid level rotation guys who are at the back end of their rotation, and the Yankees have a deep and excellent bullpen. They're going through some injury bumps right now. It happens in a 162 game season, but everyone knows that about the Yankees already. It's the Mets that are coming up in the world right now, and they are on paper. They got the formula, man. That's a, Nate Silver wrote about it a long time ago. The secret sauce: high strikeout pitchers with certain kind. Like they got the formula, but it, it's just not guys in their batting lineup hitting dingers. Can they hit dingers? Yes, but it's about place hitting and just getting on base. And when you have runners in scoring positions, as we've seen the last two nights against the Yankees, capitalizing on those moments, and that's what the Mets have done. They have it. They have the formula. Now it's a matter of them going out and doing it because what I seen from them last year start out so well and then everything <laughs> the, ship, the, 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 the ship sunk. Yep. But looking at this team now and where they are right now, I don't see that happening. Now you still have the Dodgers who you have to worry about in the National League. And you then still some have the Dodgers are really good. You still have to you have the Braves. Braves are really you, good. You can't cancel out the Brewers. You can't cancel out the Cardinals. You still have teams floating around. That can give the and Mets baseball and- more than basketball, certainly, and probably more than football. Baseball is the one sport. Well, football it evens out because it's one and done, so it's like March Madness in a way. Yep. But baseball, the better team can lose to the lesser team in a seven-game series. Correct. It could easily happen. There's no such thing as a sure thing in, in Major League Baseball in the playoffs. Look, last year, you look at the series, the Braves against the Dodgers. On paper, the Dodgers had the better team. Yep. Higher payroll, better players, the whole thing. And the Braves won that series. Yep, they can happen. By the way, when my Yankees beat your Braves back in the day, <laughs> in 96, the Braves spanked them in the first two games. It looked like a mismatch. The Yankees came back to beat them. Like, the best team doesn't know. Braves probably had the best team in baseball that year. Best team doesn't always win. I was young HD at those games, though. I Were was you there. at the games? Yeah. I was at so many yeah, of those. Man. Back uh, in the day. I remember games, man, at Fulton County Stadium, which the Braves and the um, Falcons both used to play at, and then Turner Field. I, my, I had my prom at Turner Field. You big baseball fan, huh? Oh, yeah. You know what's interesting? Once upon a time, the, Car- the Cardinals are still a national brand in a way because once upon a time, they were the westernmost um, team in the United States. So if you were west of the Mississippi, you got Cardinals games. That whole population west of the Mississippi was familiar with the Cardinals because they, that was the closest team they had. 
And the Braves had a similar thing go on for a different reason. In the 80s, there was Superstation WTBS. It was a national cable station. But Turner. But they had Braves games because that was the local team. That's where that's you know where it was based. And so everyone in the country, you I always talk about how and everyone does nowadays, how local a sport baseball is. Like in football, I'm a Giants fan. But I care about what's happening with the Chargers. I'm aware of everything that's happening with all the teams. That's football fans. But in baseball, I don't care what's happening with the Padres. I care about the Yankees. But I always knew what was happening with the Braves because of WTBS. It made them a different kind of national brand. I gotta ask you a question. Mets are not a national brand. People in people do not care about the Mets outside of New York. Have you have you ever been to Bush Stadium? Not that's, for, that's what not, the Cardinals. Yeah, play, not right? for a game. Because I have I have a buddy of mine. I've he's, been to he, Bush. I've been in the area. I've been in St. Louis many times, but I've never been to Bush during a Cardinals. He's game. invited me to the um, the Braves and Cardinals series. It's coming up in August. Is it worth going? Bush Stadium? I, I would have told you if I would have been to it. I just said, though. I mean, I thought you may have heard of something. <laughs> I would say this. The Cardinals, all of downtown St. Louis is a ghost town when the Cardinals aren't playing. When the Cardinals are playing, packed. Like, that whole town revolves around the St. Louis I'm Cardinals. I'm going to take my chances then. Yeah. I'm going to take my the chances. Culture, the culture of St. Louis, more than anything, is baseball. Right? Yep. Some towns, you could say that's a basketball town, it's a football town, that's a baseball town. St. Louis is a baseball town by far. It's the one city that can support a baseball team like that that loses a football team, right? Uh, well, L.A. is a basketball town. Much more than football, more than anything, it's a basketball town, the Lakers. St. Louis, it's a, it's a Cardinals town. It's baseball. I'm going there, Max. Yeah, you got to go. I'm going. What's Atlanta? <laughs> Atlanta's, football. Uh, baseball. It ain't basketball, though. Hawks. I would say, if you're looking at just right now, it, I would generally. say baseball. Yeah, generally. Is it a baseball well, town? Well, yeah, when you look at the history of, of the Braves. Who does everyone get excited about? The Braves. Right, so it's a baseball town. Yeah. Yeah. Braves. And by the way, it, that shows up in how good the team is, yep. right? When you are a, bas- a, a, a baseball town, then your baseball team's usually pretty good because that's what the consumer really cares about. St. Louis is usually good. Atlanta is usually good. Those are baseball towns. But the thing about Atlanta when it comes to sports, you have so many people that have migrated to the city of Atlanta Yeah. that when it comes to games, like you don't have people at games that are actually homegrown fans. Yeah, they're coming so to see the, people, the, the other team yeah. come to town. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't like about it. Um, anyway, Mets are not a national brand, but they might win the World Series. Yankees are a, mas- a national brand. They are. And they picked up Andrew Benatendi, uh, formerly of the Red Sox, now the Royals, who is a nice – he reminds me there was a player, Nick Markakis of the uh, Orioles, a right fielder, who wasn't a big Braves power too. guy. Played for the Braves too, mm-hmm. but a good baseball player. Heady baseball player, good contact, line drive hitter, excellent defender. That's Benatendi, but in left field. And Benatendi can play defense. He, won, he wins gold gloves. He's an all-star this year. He makes contact. He's a line drive hitter. Just the kind of guy that is nice, not just because he's a left-handed bet, but like it diversifies the Yankees, who were all three out true outcomes guys a couple years ago. But now all of a sudden, Isaiah kind of Falefa is playing shortstop. He's a contact hitter. Not a lot of power. You know, smart player. Although he didn't look it in the Mets series, they have guys like that. They, they instead of Gary Sanchez behind the plate, they have catchers who can frame pitches and all that kind of stuff and make contact. Now Benatendi, a left-handed bat, a, a primarily, think of him as a defender, but a nice hitter and a nice player to complement guys like 
Stanton, who's now going to miss some time. Home run guy. Aaron Judge. Home run And guy. these kind of monsters. When you look at the Yankees now compared to a couple years ago, DJ LeMahieu, line drive contact hitter. Mo- very useful uh, and excellent plus defender at multiple positions. Now Benatendi. I mentioned IKF at shortstop. Can also want a gold glove at third base. Um, Donaldson known for his defense, even though it's not what it was you know, a couple of years ago, but he has that reputation. The Trevino and the, behind the plate, you're framing pitchers, you're playing defense. And in addition to that, they have the mashers, right? I really like this pickup for the Yankees. They didn't have to give up any of their very top prospects. They got a nice player to complement that lineup and defense. I like it a lot, Harry. And I think right about now, at this time, at this moment, that's what they really need. They need a guy who can just make contact, be consistent in doing it. Um, batting three twenty one has 111 hits right now, 7th in Major League Baseball. But that's what the Mets need. And in his prime, he's like 26, 27 years yeah, old. So, I mean, that's, that's, a win for, that's a win for the Yankees. The Yankees, not the Mets. Yeah, the Yankees. it's a win for the Yankees. Who cares about the Mets. No one cares about the Mets. <laughs> They're on your Ooh, mind. The Mets. God, I hate the Mets. You know, I I just remember those were Well, dark I wanted them to lose. I, I needed them to lose. In the mid-80s when this These town games. became a, a Mets town, it was, those were dark times. Yeah, damn, Yankees, Yankees let me down, Max. I, I needed know. the Mets to lose both of these games, at least one. You know what, Harry? I'd like the Yankees to formally apologize to you, <laughs> to Braves fans. How how could they lose both games to damn. the Mets? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. Um, Harry Douglas is in for Key and Jay today. And I got to talk about the Yankees for about 10 minutes because I'm indulged by the producers this morning. However, we are going to talk some football. How will the Eagles respond to their, all of a sudden, they're the trendy pick in the NFC East, right? How are they going to respond to those high expectations? Listen to Jalen Hurts on his preparation for this season, Harry. I know Smitty's up here every morning. He'll join us, um, AJ and I. Um, that's just standard, you know what I mean? And, uh, we... we, we we just put the work in. The work, the work come first. Um, the work come first every day. We take it day by day, try and get prepared for the day so we can attack every day. Um, so just growing with time, um, getting, it, getting, getting everything together um, so we can all be on the same page. You know, we put so much work in in the offseason with AJ, Dallas, uh, Smitty, everybody. Um, everybody putting a 1,000 reps in. You know, Jalen Hurts, Key talks about this a lot, about and, and, and we talk on this show a lot because Key this is something that Key is interested in, and it is an interesting subject, about branding and about how brand affects. And by the way, this goes for, it's just a version of generalizing, right? Stereotypes fall into this category. People make judgments based on stereotyping groups of people and stuff, mm-hmm. and but that's the way the human brain operates. We have a lot of information to gather. And so one, something that helps us navigate the world in many respects, but it can also hurt us if we rely too heavily upon it, are generalizations, right? Yep. And that's, you know, you, you brand a guy a certain way. You get some information. You kind of make a snap judgment about him. Jalen Hurts, as Key points out, he loses his job in college to Tua. And all of a sudden, he's no good, right? <laughs> Jalen Hurts is no good, even though he goes on to have great success in a system as a similar kind of quarterback to Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, who both went number one overall. <laughs> and But somehow, not Jalen Hurts. You don't think of him that way anymore. The bloom is off the rose, right? Yeah. He ain't shy, a new shiny object anymore. Now he's been... And, and you know, unless you're Joe Burrow and you win the national title by balling out of control, it's like, ah, well, I don't know. He had to transfer and he got lost his job. And... um so we think of him as kind of tarnished in a way, or maybe he's not a franchise guy. But meantime, 
I saw him play against Kyler Murray when he was a rookie, and he lost that game, but he kind of looked like Kyler Murray out there for a while. He flashed at times. I still don't think he sees the middle of the field very well, Harry. Has to get better there. He's got to get better there. Throw him with anticipation as but well. He's pretty good, man. What do you think? Does Jalen Hurts, like, what can they do with this guy this year? Um, I think they could be phenomenal. And I, I look at the pieces that they added to this roster, Max. You look at a, a guy like one of the things I really thought they were missing was a big body receiver that they can just throw jump balls up to that we've seen A.J. Brown uh, do for Ryan Tannehill. We've seen those type of things. So I thought that was a major uh, addition to this team. They also had another wide receiver that I played with in Tennessee named Zach Pas- uh, Pascal, who was good for the Colts. It was good for um, uh, Phillip Rivers. He was good for uh, – who just left there? The quarterback. Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah, it was good for Carson Wentz last year as well. So that's two additions <laughs> to the to the wide receiver room that I think they're going to benefit. Go along with Devontae Smith, uh, Quez Watkins, and Jalen Rieger, who they took in the first round over Justin Jefferson. My goodness. I still can't forgive them for doing that. Algalore and Rieger are not draft picks oh, that worked out goodness. good for that team. But when you look at the way the Philadelphia Eagles are built – Offensive line, defensive line, the line of scrimmage, the way you want to build your team, they arguably have the best offensive line. One I don't of the think best, there's any not, debate about it. They have the, in the division, they're the best on both sides of the well, of the line of scrimmage. And I think the best thing that Nick Sirianni did last year was when they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the regular season, a light switch clicked for them. You know what? Why are we trying to throw the ball around so much? Let, let's play to our strengths. And they became the number one rushing team in the National Football League because of that mindset. And Jalen Hurts plays a part in that, too. You know, Jalen Hurts, to me, if someone said, is he going to be the quarterback there for 10 years? He does not strike me as that kind of guy. However, he does strike me as the kind of guy that you can have a lot of success with over the next three or four years. Yep. Right? Like, meantime, go, okay, well, is he, is, he, is he Justin Herbert? No. But go ahead and beat him with Jalen Hurts behind a good offensive line and a defense and, and, and receivers who can, you know, you, you have guys who can do big things when they catch the ball and guys who can catch the ball. I don't know, man. Like, that's a tough team. I think they're better than Dallas. I think, I think that's the trendy No, pick I, I don't think. I know they're better than Dallas. Especially Dallas has a more proven commodity under center. I, I understand that. But still, when I look at a guy like A.J. Brown, I've seen what Ryan Tannehill was without A.J. Brown being on the football field. Not just this year, but the few times in the past when he didn't play. They really miss him this year. But then you see him in a game against the Bengals. You see him make the one-hand catch for a touchdown in a playoff game that had very, very uh, high significance, right? But then when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts, who is a natural-born leader, like you know how when Mike Tomlin talks, like you listen? When Jalen Jalen Hurts talks, I listen because you just get the sense that he's a natural leader. And – when I look at this team, defensive line-wise... Yeah, Jalen Hurts says all the right things and knows yeah. how to deliver And he it. works, though, bro. He works, he grinds his tail off. Yeah, you can see it. It's not just all talk. He puts that work in. He just has to get better at a few things from the quarterback position. And I think this Eagles team can go a lot deeper than people actually think. When you look at Fletcher Cox, Javon yeah. Hargrave, Derek Barnett, they drafted Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, they got him for a steal. By the way, the Eagles draft, it killed me that N'Kobe Dean was still sitting there for oh, him. And I was, th- I was hoping the Giants would get him, unless he's just physically not an NFL player. That's who you want. They got him in the third round. Instinctive, won a national championship. They got James Bradbury from they the Giants. They went got the heart and soul of the best defense, one of the best defenses, or one of the best front sevens ever in the history time, of college football. Time. They got two of two those guys. 
in the middle. But how about this, though? The Packers defensively, too. Eric Stokes played at Georgia. They drafted Quay Walker, and they drafted um, Devontae Wyatt. So let me ask you about Devontae Smith while we're talking Devontae. Talk to me. Slim Reaper. Is he a number one? one. I'm not saying he has to be on this team. Is he a number one? On this team right now? No, no. Is he a number? I'm saying, forget about what role he's in. Some guys have the talent to be a one. And some guys you go, because of his size, maybe he's slightly built, he's not tall, or whatever it is, you say, no, he's not. He may he could be a one on a team, but he's not actually a one. Is Devontae Smith a one? I believe so. I, and, because I, the reason I ask is I think so too. I, I, just, I think they got two ones, and now Devontae Smith is a two. You got a one as a two. I'm not talking about if he's an X or a Y or a Z. I'm talking about what level he can but, attain. But here's what, here's what's going to help him, though. You're, he's going into year two. Got to remember, he was a year one. Year one in the NFL, listen, it— you're trying to find your way, man. You're playing more games than you're accustomed to playing. You're trying to figure out the ins and outs. Windows are closing or, or smaller uh, within defenses. He's going into year two more confident and with another guy on the opposite side that they That's can count on. That's what I'm on. saying. You got, I think the Eagles at receiver really have two potential ones, yep. and one of them is playing the two. Or, or as a two. And you had Dallas Goddard at the tight end position. And you got Goddard, and he was good enough to get rid of a real good tight end for because he's that good. Eagles are going to be a lot. Am I predicting this too early? Oh, yeah, 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 way too early. They ain't, they ain't winning no Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Calm down. Calm all My the way down. Goodness. First of all. Y'all are excited back there, huh? I also hate, I hate, no. I have a lot of hate in sports. I hate the Eagles, but I got to give it to them. They, they look good this yeah. year. So far, on paper. Took one of your guys from the secondary. Bradbury. I know. And he's, he's still a good player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're kind of loaded, huh? Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of pressure on Hurts because they My got— My boy's the defensive coordinator, John Gannon. He was a GA when I was at Louisville. Look at you. You got your tentacles everywhere. Man, you know I, know I know people left and right. <laughs> left and right, Max. If Dak Prescott was focusing on the—there is real pressure on Jalen Hurts because he's— Look, they, they got rid of Carson Wentz. They've drafted to support Hurts. This is not like what, you know, some of, there's a hedge here. They don't believe in him. They're, they believe in the guy, and they're giving him everything he needs. A lot of pressure there. But if Dak Prescott continues to fall short of getting the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, if Dak Prescott misses the playoffs, which is a real possibility, how are we going to start talking about him? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Harry Douglas in for Key and J, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sam Acho, what will be the key for the Cowboys on offense this year? Hey, it'll be Cancini be a number one, like a bona fide number one, like, hey, double team and I'm still making plays. Number one, that's key number one. And then number two is who's going to step up at wide receiver number two. Uh, We all know who's gone from the Dallas Cowboys wide receiving core. Uh, and we also know that CD had some drop issues last year. And so the question is, will CD be what CD was drafted to be, right? He has the opportunity to answer that. And then secondly, if he does do that, who's going to step up in that number two slot, especially with Michael Gallup still being injured? That's, to me, as simple as that. Yeah, one thing I'll say, Sacho, about that is, Jalen Turbot, they drafted a guy in third round from South Alabama. When I watched his film, he's a guy that was consistent, played all over the football field. But we do know when these guys come to the NFL, especially being a third-round pick, it is an adjustment. Not saying that he can't do it, but the game is a bit faster. Windows are a bit uh, smaller to get in. you got to be more crisp in running your route. But for me, I personally think that the run game has to be valuable. I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott has to be healthy, Tony Pollard. But I, I do believe that Kellen Moore, they have to stay committed to the run game and not just say, you know, a few games we're going to run the football, the, other, the rest of the games we're just going to go air raid and let Dak throw it all around. They have to stay committed to the run game. Now, granted, they lost some pieces offensive line-wise, but when you have two backs like you do have in Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, you have to stay committed to the run. You want no, to I can rock with that. I mean, I just feel like – I feel like – um, like the Cowboys didn't run the ball well last year, you know what I mean? So I get that. I get, I get it. Like, you know, the first, you know, week two through eight or so, they averaged 154 yards. So I get that piece. People say, oh, you went away from it, you know, but you're going, like, everybody knows the Cowboys are going to run. It's kind of my whole point. Everybody knows the Cowboys are going to run the ball because Mark Cooper's not there anymore. And so, like, when, when you have an eight man box, right? When it, when it's, uh, you've got to win one on one on third down, like when it's, okay, we're playing the Rams and Jalen Ramsey is or isn't locking up CD Lamb. Um, and you have to pass it, who's going to step up? Like, those are the questions that I need answered first, primarily. Secondarily is, Mike McCarthy, will he get his act together as far as <laughs> coaching the team? Straight up. Like, I, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, yeah, receivers and running game and defense. I'm like, no, actually, I think the real answer is really Mike McCarthy. Um, you know, and, like, we all saw how you got upset yesterday. Y'all saw you got mad yesterday about, you know, y'all need to ask me about football, not this off-the-field stuff. Well, dude, your team – led the NFL in penalties last year. Dude, your team, the last time we saw them on the field, essentially gave the game away at the, with the last play. Um, your team, even in the playoff game against San Francisco, had, I don't know, what, 14 penalties, 17 penalties yep. in the playoffs. I don't know how many in the fourth quarter. So for me, really, I take back my first answer. I'm going with McCarthy. he got to get his stuff together um, as a head coach for the Cowboys to be anything worth watching at least in the playoffs this year. And that's definitely a good choice. Now I want to move to the Green Bay Packers. Will Aaron Rodgers miss Devontae Adams, or will Adams miss Rodgers more? Man, I actually want to hear what Matt's got to say about this one. I think it's, I think it's, I think Adams will, will miss Rodgers more, 
But, I mean, Max, what do you think about that one? I See, to me, the whole thing is Rodgers is going to be great. Packers offense, you know, yeah. like it's a weak division. Rodgers is an excellent player. But, like, the regular season, Harry and I were talking about it before. You know, I was on Steph Curry about this. Yes, we get it. Regular season, you're amazing. What do you do in crunch time? And to me, Rodgers has declined under pressure. You know, it's the playoffs. It's third down. The game's on the line. He didn't even get the ball on fourth down because he wasn't showing coach when he went up against Tom Brady a couple years ago that he could get it done on fourth down. Right? Like, so so I don't know. Like, is he going to miss Devontae? Not until it matters most. But then again, he wasn't getting it done with Devontae. That's facts. That's facts. That's what that's the kind of the place that people aren't going. And I think some people are, but it's like, man, who's gonna miss who more? You know, what's the biggest piece that the Packers are missing? You know, and it's like, well, even with Devontae Adams, it's been a, over a decade since they won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? Even with Devontae Adams, like they've still been losing in the playoffs. So it's like, what is that miss? Even if you had Devontae Adams, you always have a chance with Aaron Rodgers. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. But it's more than just a chance. It's more than just like, oh man, I think we're good. It's like can you get it done in big moments? That's what I want to see. And so um, that's a serious question that has so, not so been I guess, answered so over Sancho, the last several years. I guess the answer is he won't miss Devontae Adams because he'll still have success, but with Devontae, they weren't winning the Super Bowl anyway. So what's the difference, right? Well, I'll, I'll right, say this, right. Sancho. Like the, and this is the crazy part about it, though, is because Devontae Adams has been the best receiver in football the last few years, and we know that. And he's going to a place with Derek Carr, with a guy he – had a ton of success with in college, but now he has a Hunter Renfro who's going to be catching the football as well. A Darren White. It's not like, like I don't think Devontae Adams is going to traditionally miss Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to get his because it's not like Derek Carr is a yeah, slouch. Well, it's not. Saying- I will say this. I will say this. I will say this. And this is kind of like my my sticking point on that. That chemistry that they built over the last seven years that Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers have built over the last seven years, really over the last five years, like the consistent playing time, like that chemistry is unique. And I, I played, you know, I was with the Bears. I played against Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers twice a year, every year, you know, for however long in my career. Um, there's a chemistry there that Devontae does not currently have with Derek Carr. And that chemistry does not get built in training camp. That chemistry gets built over extend over an extended period of time. And so I get it. They play together in college, and I get it. You can kind of rekindle some flames. But there's a, like, not only is Aaron Rodgers an MVP and Hall of Famer, but there's a chemistry piece. I know where you're going to be, where you're going to be there, that we won't see immediately nor what, instantaneously what? What about that, Harry? What about that, Harry? Time in the saddle, man. There's like, there's no, there's well, no real substitute for that, right? Well, here's the thing about that. I had an opportunity to work out with these guys in the off season when I was out in Oakland, and these guys trained together every off season. The first person that Derek Carr calls is Devontae Adams. They're Sacho. best friends. They hang out all the time. So I don't think the chemistry part is going to be an issue with those two. Sacho, there's not enough time in the day. For Harry Douglas to be everywhere, he he, he went. He was deep sea fishing in Alaska. He he was talking about going. Just yesterday, he and Jay were talking about some spot in Greece, some like some night spot in Greece. Oh yeah, I know that. Oh, you been there? Really? I didn't know anyone knew about that. Yeah, he's in Greece. He's in Alaska. He's working out with 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 uh, with Derek Carr and Devontae. He's where the Harry? I, he just just now he's talking to the studio. He's like, yeah, I've got, he's up in New Hampshire all the time. He lives in Atlanta. He, right now he's in New York. How many Harry Douglases are there? The it's most horrible. interesting man in the world. Oh, hey, there he is. He's the, <laughs> <laughs> the great Sam Acho, ladies and gentlemen. Sacho, always great talking.
Awesome, always. All right, bud. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Yankees add all-star Andrew Benatendi. The big news out of New York baseball the last couple days. Yankees add Benatendi. That's right. That's what we're focusing on. What other moves might the Yankees make before the deadline? ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I got to protest something, Harry Douglas, here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio. Max Kellerman, Harry Douglas in for Key and J. Um, in all my Sports Center reads today, the Mets take two game series from the Yankees. It's about two, ga- two games is a set. It's not a series, a series. So you win game one and you've, you can't lose the series after. Come on. I'm sorry, but I agree with you, Max. Yeah. So, so, but we we were calling it the subway series. So it's actually the subway set. Well, yes, that's right. If this is a subway set, that's correct. If it's more than two games, it could be a series. You got to rename the whole thing, then. By the way, but somebody you know, should be able to win the series. I loved it when the Giants beat the uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl series of one game. That was great. <laughs> that was awesome. So here's here's the here's the definition of, via the internet of series a number of things events or people of similar kind or related nature coming one after another. Yeah, but you know what? That's like people like as a hot dog, a sandwich. Yes, nerds. By the technical definition, <laughs> a hot dog qualifies as a sandwich, but it is not a sandwich. That's not what you mean when you say sandwich. When I think of a series, I think there's an opportunity for someone to win. If you only have two games in. One team wins one, yeah. one of those games, and the other team wins the other one. No, you don't have a winner of that series. That's right. That's, so then that's what if, I think of a series. That's what I think of. If you, win, if you win both, though, I don't want to hear you say it was a sweep then, if that's the case. If the Yankees do it, then it's a sweep. I see, Max, there you go. What? You're, you're jumping off the boat again. I with think, no life I think that's see, perfectly fair. See, no, you had a me. hell of an argument. To me. Then you jump off the boat. I think it's fair to me, and <laughs> I, that's all I'm going to say about that. It's I, like You know what it's like when people say, well, a, a hot dog is a sandwich, or yeah, two games can be a series. It's like these nerds who came out and said, like, you know, my whole life, it's he has three RBIs that day, right? Three ribbies. All of a sudden, some nerd somewhere goes, actually, you know, I was thinking about this. It's, <laughs> it's technically runs batted in. So it's just three RBI. You don't have to pluralize it. Shut up, nerds. It's yes, R- you do. R- is it RBI? Do, do the voice one No, more it's time. RBIs, ribbies. Wait a minute, Pat. It becomes an acronym. It becomes its own word. You still have to pluralize Max, that word. Please do the voice one more time for me. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, t- think about the nerd somewhere who went, who went. You know oh, what? I think goodness. it's R- it should be RBI and not RBIs. Technically, well, technically, well, that's, that's what it's supposed you to. You know be. what? You're wrong. You're actually <laughs> wrong on the facts. It's it's RBIs. 
I'm so sorry. Can you do the voice one more time for me? Oh, you know, a, a hot dog does have bread, <laughs> and, it, and it has meat in the middle. It's technically a sandwich. Order a sandwich, someone oh, gives you a hot dog. Man. This literally made my morning, Max. You just literally made my morning. Crying out loud. Geek Squad. Yeah, man. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. What it is right now. You know who's coming up when this is playing. Busta Rhymes, by the way, has a very good case, greatest MC of all time. It's not discussed enough. Buster uh-huh, only. Uh-huh. Also is a very good case. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Greatest ESPN MLB insider and host of Baseball Tonight of all time. Uh, Buster is, is, is a two-game set, a series. What do you call that? Hello, Max. Hello, Harry. How you doing? <laughs> it's right. RBI. No, it's not. See, see Buster knows. Yes, it is. Oh, I worked Buster. at the New York Times for six years. Well, that, that, the, uh, I rest that, my the case. New York Times style. It's I RBI. rest my case. I knew it was someone like at the New York Times. He couldn't have came in <laughs> I any knew better it was, way. Of course it would be the New York Times who <laughs> overthought it. <laughs> Yes, Amazing. you say that like it's a like it's a badge of shame. Amazing. No, the New York, the New York Times is you know I get it and everything compared to you know your daily rags it's it's better than most but probably than any of them. <laughs> but it's not like uh, you know the New York Times is perfect and they certainly got that wrong and it's just like them. It's a feat. It's very it's no it's, if, you know, the, if it's the New York Times is cl- anywhere close to perfection, it's in part because of that wonderful choice. They made with RBI no, in, in having that acronym. It's so <laughs> bad. Your question, oh, Buster, yes. when you worked there the first time, so your copy editor wrote RBI, you were like, get out of here, nerd. <laughs> no, I, I was like, that makes complete sense oh, to me. Oh, you Buster. Yes. All right, now you let's see if you get yes. this. <laughs> let's see if you get this wrong, too, okay? It, what do you call two, game, uh, uh, two games between two teams? I call it a set. 
Yes. yes. But I call it a set. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I don't give it a full series. But I would say this. From the New York Mets perspective, you know, they, they uh, lost uh, ground in the National League East over the last month as the Atlanta Braves got really hot. And they've had two, two – uh, they had one series and then one set against the Yankees mm-hmm. and came out of those winning four out of five against those two teams. As, uh, you know, Aaron Boone said last night, he was like, that is a really good team you over there. You know what there. scares me, the Buster? Mets drew a line in the stands. You know what scares me about them? The, and Harry was talking about this before. If DeGrom stays healthy, Scherzer's your second best starting pitcher. Max Scherzer is your second, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, still at his, seemingly at his best, is, what, is your second best starting pitcher. And you got Diaz coming out of the bullpen. It, it's it. The team is built like a World Series winner, and it scares me because I'm a Yankees fan and I hate the Mets. I, I would agree with you. Um, I do think that as DeGrom comes back, and, and that's the plan, he's going to make his return to the big leagues uh, sometime in the middle of next week after missing more than a calendar year. I do think there are questions about, you know, what he's going to be when he returns. Um, you know, is he the guy who is going to, you know, throw 100 miles per hour, like, uh, and then break down at some point? We don't know. Um, you, you hope he goes back to being what he was in the past. I suspect that between now and the trade deadline, you know, you'll see the Mets make some moves, go out and add a hitter of some kind, somebody with some positional flexibility. Maybe add a reliever. I know that they have some excitement about what they're seeing out of Trevor Bay, but you're 100% right. Uh, as long as they add some more home run power, that, te- that team has a, the look of a team that could win the World Series. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. How legit are they? But when you look at uh, Escobar and Marte, how vital have they been for this team to offseason acquisitions? Yeah, Harry, during the offseason, you know, as the Mets talked about their lineup, they wanted to build a lineup that was challenging from top to bottom uh, against opposing pitchers. Because, you know, in recent years, the Mets have had lineups where it felt like, okay, once you got past the four or five hitter, it was a breeze. You know, Escobar has not had a great first year with them, but he does have really good at-bats consistently. Marte is a terrific major leaguer. You know, he's an excellent defender. Great at bats, not afraid of a moment, can steal a base. Uh, or like last night, he can come up in a big spot and get a, a big hit. Mark Canna, you know, a similar type player. Uh, what you see over the last decade have been a number of cases that the team that wins the World Series, it, it, you know, are built with these lineups where even against the best pitchers, they put up good at bats, and that's what the Mets have. Meantime, who cares about the Mets? Let's talk about the most glorious franchise in the history of worldwide sports, the 27-time world champion New York Yankees, the most important (laughs) franchise in the center of the known universe. It is true, the center of human activity. It is fair to say, if you had to pick one, in the known universe is New York City, and the Yankees are their greatest team. Now, Andrew, that's how I choose to frame what just happened over the last couple days. Andrew Benatendi, Benatendi, the it, I love this pickup, Buster. You don't have to give up too much. You get diversification in the lineup and on the on yep. defense. He's a gold glove left fielder. It's his natural position. He makes contact. It's like when they picked up IKF at shortstop, although his talent on offense isn't pitched as high as Ben Attendee, even for his position. I, I like when they picked up LeMahieu. I, I liked Three true outcomes players, but you need to mix it up. He's a left-handed bat. I love this. What What do you think about what the Yankees just did? 
I thought it was a great acquisition, 100%. Everything we just talked about with the Mets and their focus on their lineup in the offseason, you know, adding guys like Canna, uh, Marte, that's what's behind the Benintendi uh, pickup. You know, when he was first drafted by the Red Sox, the thought was with a natural loft in his swing, he would hit home runs. That didn't happen, but he's focused more on contact, on hard contact, on getting on base. You know, the guy's gotten on base around 380. He's an all-star. Everything you laid out, Max, and on top of that, he's got postseason experience. He's played in a big market. He's going to go with it, unlike Joey Gallo, who clearly was not comfortable with his time with the Yankees. I'm speaking about it past tense because I assume at some point, um, you know, there'll be some deal where they'll, they'll move him out because Ben Benintendi was acquired to essentially fill the role that Gallo uh, was, a, was acquired to fill and never did. Uh, I completely agree with you. Benintendi is the type of player that can be a winning player in the month of October. And let's face it, the Yankees lead in the American League East means that any acquisition they make now and between now and the trade deadline is all about October. It's all about guys that they feel like can, you know, help make them better in that time. And Ben and Kenny does that, no doubt about you it. Think, I agree I, with you, Max. I, I love that what you just up. said. Like, you think about an October at bat in a, in a moment of truth. Joey Gallo's coming to the plate. Can he hurt you with a home run? Sure, he can. It's possible. But as an opposing, as a fan of the opposing team, I'd be like, okay, don't let him, don't make a mistake to this guy. But otherwise, you're good. Ben Attendi comes up, you're like, damn it, there's a guy on second. It's the last guy I want to yep. see right now. You know, he's, I, I just, I love this pickup. He's I a think, left-handed Lemayhu. Yeah, left-handed Lemayhu, exactly. Although Lemayhu has plus defensive value at multiple uh, infield positions. Real quick, we got about mm, a minute here, a little bit more. What uh, are the Nationals? Where are they in their process of sorting through the offers for Juan Soto? One of the thing, one of the reasons now I think maybe trading for him is a good idea is because the Cardinals are a smart organization. I hear they're the favorites. I'm like, huh, maybe it is a good idea to trade for this guy. Where are we with all that? Yeah, they have offers in hand. Uh, the Cardinals are the best equipped team among those that have been talked about because they're so loaded at the top of their farm system in the big leagues with young major league players, uh, and I'd say this about Juan Soto. You know, if you're, if you're wondering about, you know, would it be worthwhile giving up your number one, number two, number three prospects, what are you kidding? Uh, you know, the comparison would be, what would you have traded for to get Henry Aaron in 1958? Mm-hmm. What would you have traded for to get Willie Mays in 1955, wow. Mike Trout in 2014? Because that's Juan Soto. I That's think it's more like Frank, of, Frank Thomas in the, at what point in the 90s. He'd already no, been in season three, Max, three, you are three so times. off on this. Wait, he's, so he's a left-handed Frank Thomas. High walks, good but no. not incredible power, but he's very good power. Than, he's better than Frank Thomas. Do you remember Frank is, Thomas when he was in his prime, Buster? I totally remember, but Juan <laughs> Soto is a better player than that. And look, Frank Thomas is a Hall of Famer, but that's the type of player you should be. And so if the, if the Nationals are asking for prospects, get them out. Because as you look at the history of those massive deals for superstars, the team that acquires the superstars always wins the deal. Led the league in on base one, two, three, four years. Frank Thomas, OPS four times. Sleeping on RBI. The great RBI. Buster RBI. Olney. We're, we're going to be back in a matter of moments. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.